The Clueless Joe podcast is recorded at DBAT Nashville and brought to you by Rawlings, the nation's leading baseball and softball training academy franchise and the world's top baseball and softball brand have teamed up to create an exciting new partnership. DBAT, powered by Rawlings, the official ball, glove, and helmet of Major League Baseball. To learn more, go to Rawlings.com or visit your local DBAT. Say hey, baseball fans. Welcome to the Clueless Joe podcast, powered by Rawlings, episode 34. Coming to you from D-Bat Nashville, the premier baseball and softball batting cage and training academy in Middle Tennessee. Developing beliefs, attitudes, and traditions, Music City style. Ryan, you didn't do the little guitar this time. You can follow us on social media across all platforms. At the Bat Nashville. They like to make fun of me while I do the intro. Yeah, that's true. I'm your host, John Christ. I'm joined by two co-hosts at the moment. Currently sixth place out of nine in our fantasy baseball league, Zach Streitenthal. Let's go walking in Memphis. Don't or balking in Memphis. Balking in Memphis. Don't say it. Currently in second place, Ryan Gaynor. Trending downwards. Trending downwards, Last yes. Last time I checked, you had it. it was only four points. Yeah, separating dude, it's, is it, it, it's, it's back a, to eight or nine or it's so. It's been bad since the All-Star break. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. A lot of bad Shohei juju, I guess. Uh, he'll join us later. Sam Bragg currently in third place, despite, as he likes to remind us, he doesn't even have the app on his phone, but <laughs> is what it is. Coming up later in the show, since it's tryout season, we're going to discuss some of the do's and don'ts of travel ball. If you're already part of that world, or maybe you're thinking about getting into that world, but we begin with another installment of Top 5. We've had a lot of really good topics lately, so we haven't done a Top 5 in a while. Over the course of baseball history, there have been many pitches that were considered borderline unhittable. How about Nolan Ryan's fastball or Mariano Rivera's cutter or Burt Blylevin's curveball, Ooh. Trevor Hoffman's changeup, and maybe even Gaylord Perry's spitball. All legendary once <laughs> upon a time. Yes. But what about today? It takes more than just a 100-mile-an-hour fastball to get noticed these days since pretty much every team has some guy who throws triple digits. Let's go ahead and start here. What are your top five pitches in Major League Baseball today? Who throws them, and what are they? Start us up, Ryan. It doesn't have to be five start to one up. or one to five. Just, just kind of give us five. Just, just, just give you some? General five. Okay. Clayton Kershaw's curveball. It's got to be on the list. Very good answer. And spoiler alert, it is on my list. It is on my list as well. It it just has to be. Yes. Can't be off your list. Right. It's just a signature pitch. Yes. I am going to go with Jordan Hicks's sinker. Yeah. Mm. The definition of a power sinker. You know, and I know he's not great or doing great right now, but I mean, to throw a ball that hard Mm -hmm. and have it move as much as it does, Mm -hmm. impressive. I'm a sucker for a... Good sinker. Love a sinker. Mm-hmm. Love or a sinker. A Not as a hitter, but to watch a sinker. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, 100%. he hasn't put it all together yet, but he has the pieces to be nothing short of dominating. We yeah. know that. Yeah. I mean, he can hit 103, 104, and then to get movement on that sinker at like 99. Yeah. Crazy. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Okay. Um, bias here because there's probably better ones, but Shohei Otani's splitter. Good. Also on my list. Is it really? Also on my oh, list. Oh, gosh. These are going to yeah. be these yeah. are, these yeah. are comparable lists. I don't lists. think they're going to be that similar, but I think that's just coincidence. I have yeah. that one as well. Yeah. When I he mean, throws a good one, it is devastating. Oh, it's so good. Just disappears. So good. And I love the fact that that's not a super in vogue pitch these days. Yeah. You know, in the 80s and 90s, the forkball, the splitter was super popular. That was the out pitch. And now it's it's really not super popular. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, I did have Devin Williams, but I figured that was maybe going to be on your guys's list. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to change it up and I am going to go Spencer Strider's fastball. A lot of ride to it. Like it's not pure four seam fastball. It really is. Spencer Strider. It really is. And it's not a sinker. It doesn't have movement downwards. It actually kind of rides up and mm-hmm. misses a lot of barrels up in the zone, which is sort of trending now and today's yeah, game yeah like up in the zone rather mm-hmm. than being down in the zone yeah, if he starts that at your letters good luck right you, it's pretty much like you have to swing at it mm-hmm. but it's going to end up 
two inches above your barrel. Probably. What is that, four? That's four. You owe us one more. Oh, you one more. Let me think of it. It's so hard because, I mean, Devin Williams' changeup is so good. It's nice. Dirty. I mean. On my list. Unhittable. On my list. Yeah. Let's go with. I could go Shohei Otani's cutter that he threw in the WBC. <laughs> I guess it was more of an overthrown fastball that just cut. Probably. Um, yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with. Let's go with Shohei Otani's cutter. I didn't as think well. that was a true part of his arsenal. Isn't he usually four seamer, slider, splitter? Yeah, it's more. Never mind. Scratch that. It's it's an overthrown fastball. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with something I know for certain isn't on your guys' list. And that is Patrick Sandoval's changeup. Mm. Okay. I know Angels, and I was maybe reeling a little bit there. A little bit of a homer pull, but that's okay. It's good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I think he's top three in whiff on his on his changeup. I'm pretty sure in the MLB. That would have been a good throwback one, by the way. How about a Troy Percival changeup? Oh yeah, he had a dirty one. Yes, he did. Yes, yes, he did. Good old days. Yeah, I'll go Sandoval's changeup because of the swing and misses that he gets. On. Okay, I think that that's was, a strong list. Now his fastball. Is not good now, mm-hmm. but the changeup is what gets him out. Mm-hmm. Zach, what do you have for us? Top five. Uh, Kershaw curveball. Yeah, Kershaw curveball should make everyone's list. Got to throw it in. There. What what I, makes I, I, what makes his curveball so effective and so good? I feel like he can put it wherever he wants. He does place it well, and there's just so there's just so much. Art. He can throw and it for a strike early in the count. He can throw it for a waste pitch late in the count. There's just so much arc, like. I, th- I think it starts the, it over your head. I think it's the fact that he starts it over your head. There's and just no like, way you can you swing at that. You don't know if it's going to end up top of the zone, bottom of the zone, in the dirt. Like, right. He can like, throw it 80 miles an hour. He can throw it 70 miles an hour. Right. right. It's just, oh, it's so versatile. It's, well, yeah. I mean, awesome. a pitch that starts at your belly button and ends up in the dirt is going to be pretty effective. Mm-hmm. You basically give up on it. D- like, it does not matter if you even know it's coming. Yeah. It really doesn't. It's one of those pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got a couple that are maybe not that we didn't really talk cool. about there love it um i really like joe kelly's 90 mile an hour curveball joe kelly almost made my list yeah. i thought his, i would have gotten just how too many homer calls there his his curveball he's got a knuckle curve yes. that he can hit 90 miles an hour with yes. it. it is unreal is crazy unreal and he's just a dog yeah um, <laughs> uh i got if he Emmanuel. wasn't on the injured list half the time yeah yeah which kind of hurts. I got Emmanuel Clause's 90 yeah. or 100 mile an hour cutter. Yeah. Which is really good. No thanks for me. Yeah. <laughs> as he's, a, he's not as been a as effective this year as last year, yeah. kind of like most yeah. of that club, but still, he's Wait, got he's some still serious what, stuff. Top, probably top 10 closer, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, top they don't score seven. any runs. We yeah. get right. lots of save chances. But, yeah, yeah, that thing's electric. Mm-hmm. Um, my last two are kind of a toss up between a few. Like I, I, I feel like I have to say Shohei's cutter or um, splitter, but I'm not you going try to. Try to change it up. I, if you I, got yeah, some I'm more names, to. try to change it up. Um, Let's see. It is a very. I know good he pitch. hasn't he hasn't pitched much, but I'm still going to say Degrom slider. Yeah, um, it's pretty filthy. Well, that, that's 92 <laughs> on my list. <laughs> yeah, yes, on yeah. my list. This has turned out to be yeah. interesting. Degrom slider. It said what? We all 92, did the same 93. Google search. <laughs> 92, for my, 93. For my oh, last one though, it's kind of just a. A collective, any starter that's, I mean, I'm a good 100 mile an hour, just dart, just four seam seam fastball, Mm -hmm. Um, especially from a starter. So like like Hunter Green in mine. Hunter Green almost made my list. Uh, Yeah. Just a, just a firm downhill. You're not hitting it. I know his numbers and effectiveness have not been great so far, but he can dot the corner at 102 when he's feeling it. Well, yeah. I mean, he'll give up six seven runs but he'll strike out he'll still strike out eight yeah or nine. he'll do it spectacularly <laughs> yeah yeah so but yeah he was I like an to honorable put like, mention like, for me um was it hesley for yeah ryan, ryan hesley, hesley. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. just those guys put them all in in my fifth spot as just a good 100 plus four scene fastball. i got a good honorable mention too go for it well uh, do you want to do You're your my list, list first and then, yeah, well there's, go, there's go, a lot go. of carryover and there's there's a lot of what we've already heard so do you have any closers on your list um I do have Devin okay. Williams change up. Okay, okay. He's on my list. Okay. But I have two righty starters, two lefty starters. We've already mentioned Kershaw's curveball. We did uh, with Otani's splitter. And we did get a, a casual mention from Jacob DeGrom's slider. I know he's injured in another Tommy John, but he's capable of throwing a 95 mile an hour slider. It is. And it just explodes. Yep. It's, it's unreal. It is. It is um, 
The only one I had that made my top five that we have not already discussed, um, partially a fantasy play. Yes, he's part of my, once again, first place fantasy team. Lefty starter with a two-seamer. And it might as well be a screwball. This thing's got so much late dart to it. Anybody know who I'm talking about? I didn't know there's people. That I don't know who you're talking about. A lefty two seamer, and I'm telling you, when he throws a good one, it's like a frisbee going from right to left. AL or NL? AL. World Series champions. World Series champions. From Valdez. Oh, that's what oh, I was saying. Have you seen percent. him throw yeah, a two seamer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's got a good two seamer. I mean, it almost goes horizontally to yeah, the left yeah. as it crosses the plate. Yeah. It's really something else. Yeah. So it that's the only one that's on my top five that wasn't previously discussed. But I had lots of honorable mentions. Yeah. Hunter Green was one of them. What is it, like 93-94 Valdez's? Yeah, he's not overpowering. Seat. He's not overpowering. But, but it just moves two the, feet. <laughs> it's, it's so late and so sudden. Yeah. And he can put it on a corner. Yeah. Really good stuff. I was going to go with an Astro. I was going to go with Ryan Presley's changeup. He's got a that's good one. Really yeah. that's good. That's a good one. There's a couple of homerific picks I could have. I mean, I did think about uh, Joe Kelly because he's got a couple of individual ones. Another really, really good knuckle curveball is Dylan Cease. Yeah. When, when he's on it, I mean, it's yes, firm. he throws hard. Yeah. But he's got a, a super vicious knuckle curve. Yeah. That's pretty good. Aroldis Chapman's my honorable yeah, mention. I, th- I, I, I can't believe we went this Chapman long. Yeah. Can't believe we went this long before Aroldis talk. I yeah. mean, I was going to, like, he was obviously kind of gets put into that. Are, my, we talking, my fifth, my fifth are we talking group. six years ago, Aroldis Chapman? Talking, we talking still now. I mean, yeah, like 106 point Yeah, man. Two, three, I mean, whatever throw that in there. He's still current player. Yeah. I mean, he's still throwing 100 that miles an hour. That was insanity when he yeah. threw a ball 106 miles yes. an hour. Um, Especially like the week after his assistant gets back from Nicaragua. That's when he's usually throwing <laughs> really hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you have Twitter when he threw that 106? Yeah. That... That may have been like the craziest Twitter experience mm-hmm. for the just the re- honestly it was like twelve hours of just straight Aroldis Chapman on my timeline on Twitter. I mean, has anybody come close? I mean, I think well, Hicks has gone one hundred and five. Hicks has gone one hundred and five. Okay. I think yeah, but I'm sure that's a big jump from one hundred and five to one hundred and six. I mean, was it Ben honest. Ben Joyce? I mean. Mm, I mean, he. I think he can go like 102, 103, but yeah. I don't think he's gone more than that. Yeah. You see the Angels drafted his twin brother? Nice. Does he throw 103? No. He's like 95, 96. That's it, huh? That's it. Where did he come from? Tennessee He was well. Tennessee also? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't, wasn't yeah. aware. Of, I yeah. didn't know he had a brother. What's, yeah. uh, what's the pitch you like would not want to see just all time? Like the from the, a specific pitcher, yes. some historical ones. Yes, <sighs> I'm fascinated with the Mariano Cutter, right. just because it's the only pitch he threw, would, and I everybody knew it was coming. I would want to see that. Yes, especially as a lefty, because you know it's coming, right. and you're still breaking your bat. I, I just find it fascinating that no yeah. one really ever, except for that mini stretch with the Red Sox, just when they saw him all the time, yeah. they seemed they to, to, you know back in like '04. They, they, they seem to sort of figure him out. Yeah. But it, it's basically one pitch. Well, I feel like it, there was two options as a lefty with the Mariona cutter. Is you get out in front of it and you pull it foul, or you're breaking your yeah. bat right. and it's a yeah. ground ball. Right. Like you he, just didn't have any. And maybe one pitch per bat, he would throw a sinker at you, if you're a lefty yeah. in particular, yeah. just to make sure you weren't cheating too right. much. But, but for mean, me, I want no part of a Randy Johnson slider. You yeah, can, you can miss me completely as a righty. With, yeah, that'd be terrifying. With, yeah, that'd be terrifying. John Crooks on the record yeah. in the All Star game. <laughs> as I'm saying, as a lefty, if he's throwing it behind me. Yeah, he's starting the pitch like behind my back, and it's in the other batter's box. No, thank you. Yeah, that and like a Framber Valdez '95 or whatever. I would. Just I think one of those seen. dirty righties, like the the submarine guys. I've never really seen one of those. Yeah, maybe like. A, um, I'm going blank from Moneyball. Chad Bradford, something like that. Yeah, just I mean a guy just scraping knuckles. Scraping knuckles, yeah. exactly. That's I've never really seen a guy like that before. That's some good baseball terminology. We did. I don't think we did on the knuckle show scraper? that one. That one time. Oh yeah. yeah. Scraping knuckles. Sure. That's I a good faced, one. I faced one submariner. I'm gonna toot my own horn real quick. One submariner in my life. I hit a walk off. Walk off. Really nice. Off of yep. My Tried buddy. There's not a lot there. of those these days. No, no, there really isn't. My buddy Nolan threw. He was probably Pretty low, just below sidearm. Yeah, in college. Yeah, and um, I got one hit off of him, and it was like a little 
bloop shot into left yeah. in, a, in an inner squad in college, and I will not let him live it down. <laughs> what are some other historical ones? Well, me personally, with how much I hated change-ups, I would hate to see Trevor Hoffman's change-up, and I yeah. would also hate to face Johan Santana's change-up. Yeah, those are two very good ones. Hoffman had that super intimidating, crazy high leg kick, and the ball just and never got to you. loaded it. Yeah, just never got to you. Well, well, it was like 70 miles an hour, right? The change-up? Yeah. Like a Santana's circle change. another good just, one. Yeah. He, he had about a two-year stretch where he was as good as almost anybody I ever saw. Unstoppable. He was unreal. Yeah, he led me to another fantasy championship back in the day. Really? Did but, he? Uh, he did. Was that a Cy Young year? Uh, yes. Yeah. It was a waiver wire claim, and he won oh the Cy Young. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Well done. Yeah. Um, I think that... Just going back to Aroldis Chapman real quick. I think when he when he <laughs> threw that let it go. when he threw that 106 mile an hour pitch, I think that like unlocked probably my biggest fear as a hitter. Was I would hitting, agree, especially was, coming from the left side. I was saying, 100%. As a lefty hitter, I was like, I don't ever want to see anything like that yeah. from the left side. <laughs> the nice thing Even about if he dots like, it up down the middle. The nice, I just shouldn't say nice thing, but like a Jordan Hicks is going down at least. I mean, Chapman's is riding into your grill, pretty yeah. much into your grill. Yeah. And you don't know where it's going. I am. At, the, at that point, you had no idea where it was going. <laughs> I am good. I there, saw 98 one time, and I never want to see it again. There's one more that just for, I mean, if you can find the right highlight video, it's amazing to watch. When Greg Maddox was at his peak, oh. and he had a lefty with two strikes. <laughs> Started at his And butt. he would throw it at his rib cage, and the guy would just freak out, throw his yeah. hands up, and all of a sudden... Yeah. Just goes right on the inner half, yeah. call third strike. I mean, how many of those did he have in his career? He had a lot of generous Just inside strike calls. Unre- he oh, yeah. Yes, he no, probably, kidding, probably had kidding. a 19 and a half inch plate, <laughs> not 17. But still, I love watching that pitch being yeah. thrown. Yeah. Does that pitch like scare you, Zach? That like a Greg Maddox two seam that he starts at your hip? Um, or is that one that you'd want to see? I would rather... I would rather see a righty two seam inside, yeah, than a lefty that starts on the coming at you. Right. You yeah. want it to be coming to going I, away. I want from it going you. away right. from me. Right. I get um, it. But it's still I'll, like I'll, coming I'll take, at you. I'll until. take my. Uh, I'll take my walk back to the dugout on a on a good right handed two seam that starts at my hip. Yeah. And cuts back into the plate, than a fast than a fastball that starts on the black and then hits me in the hip. Yeah. You know what I'd like to see is a screwball, like a real screwball. I think they call, don't they call Devin Williams? Don't they say that he has a screwball? At least in the show, I know it's that they It's very said. rare. I think like, but like an Dice K. Matsuzaka had one. True. I and mean, that's, that's the thing. You hear legends about that from like the 50s and the 60s, that that was a real thing. I'd want to see it just to see what it looks like. Watch a Frember Valdez sinker. That's what it kind of looks like. Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Just being able to spin the baseball that way, the, the opposite direction, it, it seems like it just defies yeah. nature. Still. What about uh, what about Wakefield and Ari Dickey? Are we getting excited to go Knuckle to balls? the plate? I almost had some Phil Necro talk to throw at you, but I didn't. Like you think, I would you, be you think, fine. I mean, I don't think I'd get a hit, but I wouldn't be like intimidated to be up there you think big right. knuckle ball. You think big leaguers show up to the park with uh, Ari Dickey slated? to pitch and they're like excited or are they just like what like come on i would say they're probably more excited it takes a lot for a knuckleball to move as much as it should and if you mess up i mean if it has a couple more rotations on but it these it's guys not gonna have do pretty decent careers yeah throwing knuckleballs yeah so they it's like do they i think like from a hitter's perspective i'm less worried about facing an ra dickey knuckleball for a day i'm more worried about how that messes me up for the rest of the yeah, series yeah that's, that's, the story, that's the story that you hear, yeah. is that mm. it just completely changes the timing, and all of a sudden, yeah. you're wearing a couple collars the next two days. Yeah. I guess I would go to the ballpark and hope that his knuckleball isn't really on, and you'd throw me that 86-mile-an-hour fastball that I could I mean, mm-hmm. Jake Buchanan's got a nasty <laughs> yes, he does. knuckleball. He needs to go Shout play any ball with, that, with hey, that knuckleball. Get him out there with the dollies. Yeah. It'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, all right, let's I'm go ahead and hit him. the pause button. <laughs> when we return, we'll take a deep dive into the world of travel baseball during this time of year when lots of teams are tweaking rosters. The Clueless Joe podcast is brought to you by Tanner Tees, the best batting tees for your baseball or softball player. Made with premium, durable materials and assembled in Sarasota, Florida. Invented by Joe Tanner in 1988 and perfected over 30 years, every Tanner tee represents the very best in the business. 
Here at DBAT Nashville, we feature the heavy model in all of our cages and also sell them in our pro shop. It's a tough, professional quality weighted batting tee with a flexible, hand-rolled rubber cone that's perfect for baseball, fast pitch, and slow pitch. This heavy-duty batting tee is designed with a 10-pound, claw-style base for extra stability on any hitting surface, sturdy enough to stay upright through the occasional mishit. To learn more, go to TannerTees.com or visit your local DBAT. Welcome back. While we still have some tournaments going on here and there, for the most part, the travel baseball and softball season is winding down for younger players. When we had the godfather on the show a few weeks ago, Cade Griffiths, founder and CEO of DBAT, he said something along the lines of, what's the first thing a travel coach does after the end of the season party? He makes a couple of cuts. <laughs> Sad but true. Uh, if you scroll through your Facebook or Instagram feed these days, you're probably going to see a bunch of posts advertising tryouts all over town for this 9U team or that 11U team or that 13U team. Even the teams have a lot of success. It's really not unusual for the roster to be flipped about 50% from year to year. A few kids aren't asked to come back because they're a little behind the others in terms of talent and skill, and then a few more. They would be welcome back, but they seek opportunities elsewhere. Maybe a chance to play shortstop, maybe a chance to pitch more, maybe a chance in, to play in such and such tournament in another part of the country. Uh, you guys cut your teeth in this game playing travel ball much more than I did. I grew up an American Legion guy. That was the thing. A little different now, but what advice would you have for parents and players also just kind of going through this process at this time of year. I feel like we're trending towards like a transfer portal for 10 year olds. <laughs> Almost. I mean, After yeah, the season's it, over, it kinda, yeah, the, the parent announces like a, that he's hitting the transfer portal. Full disclosure, like I have essentially put together some recruiting pitches the last <laughs> week or two for a couple of kids looking for 10U. It's true. Oh, yeah. Man, it's crazy. Zach, let uh, me ask you this. Yeah. When you tried out for travel ball teams, did you try out for three or four when you did no so when i got into travel ball it was basically um i believe it was a few it was a few of my friends yeah and then we all yeah kind of just put a i don't remember trying out for a team until maybe middle school really around that like it was like it started with a collective group so you're 13 or 14 you've already done it for three or four years yeah so like I think I started at eight in machine. I did a year of machine pitch travel ball. Um, I think we had a core group of guys that we had. We brought a few other guys that were all kind of in a circle. I think like half the team played soccer with each other. Half the team um, played baseball. So we had a, a good group. And then that basically stemmed the rest of my um, – travel ball throughout in Kansas city. That was the core group throughout. regardless of what team I played on. I think I knew somebody from that original team yeah. that had a connection to whatever team I was playing for. So okay. like we all had a pretty good book on, on right, right, who was right. good or who could play. Um, so we never really had tryouts. We had like, Oh, you guys are not happy with this team. We're, we're starting this team. Come play, come, come back and play with us. Right. Our kids get along all that. Um, so thankfully I never really had to go through a true, like tryout process at when I was starting, um, um, travel ball. And the thing was, is because there really wasn't organizations yeah, at that exactly. point. Now that's what I was every, going to say. Everybody's an organization. Yep. It was all just like individual teams. Yeah. It there was wasn't... dads that started their team. They wanted to go play tra travel. Now ball. it's organizations with 10, 15, 20 teams at a time. It's yeah. wild. And mm -hmm. like little empires. For the most part, again, like if you're not, if you don't have like a solid, I mean, kind of, it's, it's kind of like what, what you did with the nine, you Redbirds. I mm -hmm. mean, you had a, a core group of guys that you brought up from, which I think that's kind of how it should be is you should just naturally graduate from, yeah. from rec ball to travel ball. And, yeah. and it's then, just not, it's just not how it is nowadays. But let's say if you are looking to play very hardcore competitive travel ball, you're probably going to have to try out these days but you're gonna you're gonna be one of 15 trying out for one or two spots on this team and again like but it's just why here's the thing though if you if you are good enough they will come they will of find course. you like yeah you, of you, you won't have to you may but not right. have to try but we've out. had stories in this place of kids who are 10 years old doing three tryouts in a week and that seems really intense really intense mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's just so different. I mean, nowadays. some of that could be parent driven. I mean, they're truly looking for the right fit, the right level of competition, a couple of school friends, not too far of a commute. I mean, there's obviously a lot of factors, but yeah. there is a lot going on for kids who are not even playing on 90 foot basis yet. There really is. I could, I, I'm sort of along the same lines of you. Yeah, what was, was your like, experience like? We started up a team when I was nine, ten. Played with them for three, maybe four years, and then I started. Was trying this originally out for with teams. your dad, or was this with my dad? Okay. Yeah, yeah, my dad and his friend. It was there was two of us, me and my buddy, and both of our dads coached the team, got a team together. Was your dad packing in the dugout? No, he was not packing <laughs> dugout. Mr. Gainer was no. a cop, by the way. Yes, he was. <laughs> um, and then I started trying out for teams, but even I kind of knew going into the tryout that I already had a spot. I was just kind of there. Yeah. Like, like you said, they sought me rather than me going and trying out for four different teams and hoping for a spot. Yeah. Which it just doesn't seem like that's the case nowadays. Again, it's so open-ended. I may like, have I may have tried out for teams, but it was more of like a come practice with us. Right. And we'll look at you yeah. type of thing. But and that's also another thing is you brought up a good point. I mean, I think my dad was one of my coaches like while I was through middle school. Probably well, I guess the coaches of the team were dads of players on all of my teams except for two years in the middle. Um, I think when I was maybe 10 or 11 that we actually had an outside coach. Nowadays. What was his connection? I don't know. That's the thing. I, I honestly don't know how he became about. I've never asked my parents about that. But that was – it was always interesting to me, but now I look at a lot of these travel teams today and it's not, it's, that at all. it's like, um, there's a organization down in Memphis that I'm pretty sure every single team has former players and like area coaches just well, yeah. coaching that team. Now no it's daddy just, ball. Yeah. It's, there's no, no connection whatsoever to, I mean, honestly, like John is the only one that comes to mind. That's father, son, in travel ball that I can think of now, obviously it's, and, I mean, you'll have dads like that are helping out sure with teams, but for the I most would say part, at yeah. nine, you this past season, most of the teams we played, all the coaches were dads. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Sam was actually the exception, not me. Really? Yes. Okay. Now, as you get older, that will be less the case, yeah. but yes, it was predominantly a couple of dads who were coaching teams. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's different nowadays than when we played i really do think so yeah it's definitely more recruit driven rather than hey just show up to this tryout it's like no mm -hmm. we're going to do like a private workout for this 10u rather than we're going to have a field day where hey guilty we, we literally conducted one yesterday I know. and, and yeah. that's that's what you have to do you have to make these kids and parents feel like they're really wanted in order to get them to your team rather than I'm just going to throw my kid on this team. Yeah. You know, like, I think you need to make the player wanted. You need to make the parents comfortable. Right. Well, that's the thing though is, I mean, as a parent, you have to make sure like one, this is what your kid wants to do. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a do if we're talking do's and don'ts is make sure your kid wants to do it and you're able to put in the time but, for mm -hmm. it. Yeah. You have to be willing to commit, but you also have to, um, you have to have a good sense. Uh, yeah, we're I jamming. said fire. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you, you have to have a good sense on, on, is this a good opportunity for my player to be the best he could be? Yeah. And I, I get like, if you're like, if you, there's gonna, there's always some place to play, pretty much, if that makes sense. Of course. Whether there's it's a team on, out there that will, a, there's always a team that will. Yeah you'll you'll have a spot to play right um so as far as like chasing status like i know it's really big like with this perfect game stuff like all you have to do is slap an east Cobb logo and on on a jersey and some kids happy or like the canes right. organization right. all you have to do is slap that logo on a jersey and the kids happy but like 
is he really benefiting from so it? Riding the bench for seven innings. That's what I'm saying. Is he is he really benefiting from right. just having that logo on his chest? Right. Or I think um, the level of commitment is what's really that's where everyone has to be on the same page. I mean, just from our experience this past year, again, it was nine U. Every single kid on this roster playing travel ball for the first time. And we had a couple of kids who were all in and a couple of parents who were all in. For the most part, it was a wonderful group. But we had one or two that just sort of, they, they sampled, if you will. And it's, you can't do it that way. I mean, I don't mind naming names. Uh, uh, Andres, who played for us this past season. Tremendous young man. I've known him since he was five years old. He's one of Conrad's best friends. They go to school together. His parents, Jose and Vivian, are wonderful people. They've played, they've gone to school together. Again, they've played basketball together. But they, for, for just circumstantial reasons, and that's fine, they weren't able to make the level of commitment that a lot of the other kids and parents did. And I just think overall, Andres probably did not have the greatest experience because he missed half of the tournaments and he missed two-thirds of the practices. And there was reasons A, B, and C why he just wasn't available. He didn't live super close and their parents work at Vanderbilt. They have high-powered jobs and uh, time constraints. So he's a wonderful kid. He's a wonderful player, but he won't be a part of our team next year. And it's not a personal thing. I don't take it that way. It just wasn't a good fit. And it was a, I think it was a little more than the parents probably anticipated to truly get the most out of it. But even just when he did make it to practice, when he did come to a tournament, the talent is all there. But being a part of our program and our system and the way we were teaching certain parts of the game, just he, was, the curve. he was just behind. Yeah. I think that hurt his experience overall. Sure. So even for the parents who's thinking about trying this for the first time, you have to understand that this isn't just show up on a Sunday at the rec league and everyone gets ice cream afterwards. I mean, of course, we all want to have fun and that's the primary thing. But it is a serious level of competition at a fairly young age, and you have to be prepared for that. Otherwise, it's not going to be as enjoyable as it should be. You guys, your team this past year was definitely the exception as far as loose commitment. Mm -hmm. Let's call it. Mm -hmm. I, I hope that they, I, you know, I, I hope that these families can take what they learned from playing on your team this past year and know that. That's not going to translate to yeah. other, yes. and I think to a, other clubs. I think a couple of them learned that they're not quite ready for this, and that's perfectly fine. Again, I would, it's perfectly fine. I would 100% give you the benefit of the doubt, which um, the the tournament organization that that you guys did tournaments with this year, I think is perfect Like for getting kids introduced to travel ball. I don't think you could have – yeah, really done really. it any other way. You weren't yeah. doing it every um, every weekend. Nope. It was like yeah. every other weekend. We played two I weekends mean, in a row max. Uh, we didn't interfere with any holidays. Uh, the tournaments were overwhelmingly Saturday and Sunday. We right. weren't out there on Friday nights and stuff like that. I mean, it, the, yeah. it, it was it was a it was a good intro. The, the good the, and that's the thing. It was a good intro. Mm -hmm. I think. Ryan, you made a really good but point. But the people who thought that our schedule was crazy, they have that's seen what I'm saying. Anything? No yet. way. There yeah. there are there are seven and. Eight you kids that are playing every weekend, regardless, and for they're playing at, at and they're time. playing it at a very high level, and they're practicing four days a week. That yeah, like it, it. Travel baseball can be as serious as you want it to be. Like it's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, I think this intro year that you guys had. Probably as loose as it could possibly get as far as playing oh, travel. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so it's it's only going to ramp up from there. Just right. Just from which is fine. Like you said, I think that some families realize that it's just not we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. We're not there yet. Yeah. Because and again, yeah. I I laid no judgment whatsoever. I, I we'd rather have a roster full of kids that know what they're being asked to do and a parents who understand what's expected of them. Even if that means we're a little short on talent here or one player right. light there, right. it, as long as we've got, if we got the the right dogs, we're ready to go. Right. That's okay. Let's just let's just say if you are going to play travel baseball, do not play rec baseball anymore. Yeah, the don't do dip. it anymore. That's another conversation I've had this week. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. And if you are and you prioritize rec ball over travel ball if i was a, if i was a coach you are off my team well off my as team. a parent well i'm not a parent but i'm saying if i was a parent 
I'm good. My kid's going to play where I'm paying money. If I'm paying twenty five hundred dollars for my kid to wild to play in a tournament, yeah, and and we're and we're not even traveling, you bet we're gonna be at that tournament every day just, of the week. I, how how you can prioritize little league baseball? But this that's, that's, that that is balls. one that is one area where I can't relate and I can't put my mindset into that because I didn't like. I mean, I don't remember a single person I played rec, rec baseball with. And that's all I hear. Like around here is, um, some of those communities the, the, are very strong. Yeah, yeah I say the everyone's really close, and yeah. all their friends play on the same rec team, which is great. But I, for me personally, it's hard for me to connect right. with that because yeah. it's like my best friends and guys that I still talk to today. I played travel ball with. I played summer baseball with. Yeah. Um. Even even at that eight nine U, I, agree. I still talk to some of those guys. Yeah, I agree. Um. So yeah, that's just where I. It's hard for me. I have, there's just a disconnect for me in that in that aspect because it's but like even being an outsider and watching it because because for wild. me it's always like I wanted to play travel baseball. I wanted to win tournaments. I wanted to the trophies, everything, and that that's where I wanted to be was right. Rec baseball was, was with not those was with those guys. I yeah. What after I realized <laughs> what rec and travel baseball was, I was like yeah. yeah wouldn't but there's that. there's a young man we're trying really hard to make part of our team this coming year, and he picked up with us once or twice this past season. And on on the hill in particular, the kid's just got a big time arm, and he can really throw the baseball, and he can help us a lot. But they're really dug into that Goodlettsville community, which has a tremendous little league circuit, yeah. as does Nolansville. They've, they've, they've been to Williamsport on multiple occasions. They're loaded again this year. Yeah. I understand the parental tie-ins and the community feel. I, I get it. I'm an alum of that myself. It's wonderful. But I'm, I'm talking with this young man's father, and we don't want to let go of the rec field. Can we do both? Can we play travel with you on the weekends and do rec ball during the week in the community? And part of me wants to say, hey, I'll do anything to get your kid on the roster. He's good. Yeah. He'll help us. But part of me is like, okay, if he plays a rec game on Thursday night and throws five innings and 90 pitches, and then he shows up to me on Saturday ready for a tournament, all of a sudden the kid's half as valuable as he once was. Yeah. And, and I know that we'll treat his kid the right way in terms of pitch count and make sure he's not overused. Yeah. And you can't make that promise because there's so many people out there that will take advantage of a 10-year-old who can right. really sling the baseball. Right. And they don't worry about his long-term health. And yeah. I think we think about those things very diligently. Yeah. But it's just very tough for that Venn diagram to, to overlap. It really is. I yeah. mean, over here, you're playing travel ball with box and taking leads. And it's a much more elevated brand of baseball. Then you go back to rec. And yeah. there's no leads. Yeah. And there's no box. And all kinds of relaxed rules. I find it very difficult to swim in both pools at the yeah. same time. Well, let's, how, well go ahead. let's also say that these Nolansville kids and Goodlettsville kids with their teams, they are playing travel ball and maybe mixing in one or two games during the rec ball season right. and then put on the rec all-star yeah. team. Yeah. Let's just let's preface that that these are not just strictly rec ballers play they are travel ball players that i will and i will have fudge to, in the system a i will bit. have to <laughs> i will have to speak for sam on this one because he is very colorful i know um, when yeah, it when is. it comes to the little league world series and and i will have to agree with him and i'm sorry to if this offends anybody but the little league world series is not uh is not the cream of the crop of baseball you don't see big for league, kids that age yeah you don't see big leaguers uh, I think the last big leaguer to play in the Little League World Series was what Cody Bellinger, or something like. It's, I'm sure there may be a somebody in a farm system, but, but, I, but yeah. But I'm but what I'm saying is it's not producing Major League Baseball All Stars. Yes, right. like it's again, you're still not leading off. The fields are tiny. Yeah. These kids are massive, and it's just not. It, it's not what I, I think. A lot of these travel teams would destroy whoever wins the Little League World Series this year. Yeah, if there was a 12U East Cobb team that played one of those Williamsport teams, the East Cobb team probably mops them up. Exactly. Right. Again, yeah. like they I, rather, I think I think it's yeah. an awesome event. I will I will it's definitely I will definitely event. say that. I want you get to, to go one day. You get to be on ESPN. I wanted to play it when I was a kid, but then I realized as I got older I was like, okay, these Yeah. <laughs> Here's, here's another aspect of double dipping. I had a conversation this weekend with another young man who we did add to our team, uh, Drew. We're very excited to have Drew, his old man Joe, all in. Um, 
they did not have a great experience last year because all they did was play. They never practiced. The team never practiced. Yeah. So, so this this kid has a lot of ability. He's big and he's strong and he's fast and he's got he's got skills. But according to his old man, he has not learned how to play it because they never practiced. Yeah. They all they did was they played during the week, they play on the weekends, and that's it. I mean, how is a ten year old kid gonna learn like a rundown situation? How's he going to learn, you know, truly how to do the cutoff man? Or first and third type stuff, whether it's on offense or defense, you need practice to learn these type of things. Right. You know, if it's first and third and the kid squares around a button, you're playing third base. If you've never been through that in a practice situation, how are you going to handle that? Yeah, in the game? Exactly. So he loves coming to our team because like, look, we are going to practice. We're going to practice a lot and we're going to practice hard. Yeah. And we're going to teach him how to play. Right. And hopefully that will manifest. Well, and you're still going to play a ton of games. Sure. Yeah. It's not like you're yeah. just practicing. You're still going to play 35 or 40 right. games. It, it, the we'll, schedule and, is still pretty demanding. Yes. We I mean, will definitely need to practice yeah. to play more games. Oh, we'll be yeah. practicing. Don't worry. Yeah, for sure. You got to play at least four games on the weekends this season or next season. Anything else? Do's or don'ts? We good? Um, don't play rec ball. That's my big one. Okay. I, I, I will just speak from a parent perspective. Um, it's just as important for the parent to know what they're getting into as it is for the kids to know what they're That's getting into. That's a good one. Yes. That's a good one. Zach, final thoughts? Um, Advice for first-time travel ballers? For like kids or parents? You choose. Um, Anything to make the segment smoother? <laughs> I mean just have fun really like nice like you're well, I mean you're not gonna you're not gonna know you're not gonna know all the rules you're you're not gonna be you're gonna be put in a new situation every single game pretty much mm -hmm. um, and you can honestly say that for both parents and players but major ma mainly players but you're gonna be put in a new situ situation every game um so you got to learn from right. Make sure you're taking everything you can away from, and that's kind of on the parents too to make sure they realize what's going on. And um, but I guess like mainly the coaches too on taking situations from the game and making sure that they're understanding what's going on, and then you can obviously take that into practice as well. Well, this definitely is the time of year. Best of luck to all the players in the tryouts. Best of luck to all the parents. Hoping they get the invites they're looking for as well. Mm -hmm. Let's take one last break. When we come back, three up and three down. The Clueless Joe podcast is brought to you by Pro9 Sports. Committed to providing high-quality, precision baseball and softball products to help players perform their best on the field. A family-owned and operated business since 2001 offering a wide range of products, including game and practice balls, protective gear, team and player bags, umpire equipment, and much more. Here at the Nashville location, we use private label D-Bat baseballs and softballs produced by Pro9 in our pitching machines and lesson buckets. These balls are durable, long-lasting, and made with quality materials to replicate your game experience. Pro9 equipment is made to precise specifications and designed to provide a better way to play. To learn more, go to Pro9.com or visit your local DBAT. Okay, time once again for three up and three down. Ryan is out. Sam is in. Hey. Going to ask three questions. The boys don't know what's coming. They have to answer on the fly. Question number one. The ideal baseball player is called a five-tool prospect. Hitting. Hitting for power, fielding, throwing, and running. Which of the five tools was your greatest strength? Ooh. I'm going to say hitting for power. Really? Yeah. Says the ex-pitcher. Yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I had a lot of bat speed. And I, I hit a lot you of, still got plenty of pop. Hit, we know that. I hit a lot of home runs growing up. So I would say definitely the, the hitting hitting for power. I don't know. I kind of hit for average too, but I, maybe just hitting. The, the one that the – what would the scouts say? Uh, hitting in the arm. Okay. I just didn't have a position. Right. Terrible outfielder. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, I'd want to say hitting, but I think I was a 260 hitter in my career in college. I figured the glove would be the answer for you. I mean, yeah, that's what I want it to be. But again, if you look at, um, again, like but all of my errors were basically throwing errors, uh, for the most part, but like I had a strong arm. So like you, I, you'd still probably 
put me in the arm category as well. Um, so I'd probably, yeah, more likely just fielding and, and throwing. Okay. The accuracy just is what got me. I was the same way. If you hit it to me, I was going to, I field it, but all my throwing errors, all my errors were throwing errors for the most part. I think it was the hit tool for me. I mean, at every level, I could just always hit. And as I got older, the power started to come, and I did hit my fair share of home runs, little league, high school, everything else. But I think just a pure hit tool. I mean, basically at every level, I was a middle of the order guy. Always I did, was. I, did, I was hitting really well. I think I was hitting like 600 through like first like 10 games my senior year, and the scout said he liked the swing, but he wanted to see more power. Mm-hmm. And then I started actually hitting the home runs, but the hitting was still there. I just hit a lot more home runs. Okay. So Did that decrease the average or? Yeah, I finished bad. I think I finished hitting like 520, so it didn't decrease right, but it yes, that much, yeah, but yeah. it did, yeah. Because mm. I went up there every time trying to hit the ball out with yeah. those beasters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Good times. I never got a chance to experience a no, little beaster great, bat. Great times. No such luck. Question number two. I'm sure you can guess what the question is. Which of the five tools was your greatest weakness? Maybe prevented you from playing more baseball. Oh, Hitting for power. Fielding. Hitting Fielding. for power. You've told us plenty of stories about just not being able to play defense. No, it was, just, it was terrible. I was terrified of a ground ball, and I could not judge a fly ball at all. I didn't make like a crazy amount of errors in the outfield, but <laughs> I made I made a good amount. What about fielding your position as a pitcher? Oh, it's terrible. I mean, I'm sure you weren't Mark Burley out there. No, but no, no. I. It's so hard to make that throw to first. Uh, we got fined if we underhanded the ball when I was with the A's. <laughs> Why? Uh, just because it, big leaguers I, do that all the time. I, yeah, I don't know. There's there's so many stupid rules, but wow. <laughs> oh my there was gosh. there were there were honestly there were times though where like if you knew you were like if it was gonna be like a bang bang play, you just throw that thing down the line on purpose because you know they're gonna give you an error oh, and everything yeah, after that's unearned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, I can't. I, I bet there was at least five or six times uh. that. It was going to be close on like a chopper back to me like that. I had to like run and field, not just chuck it down. Oh my god! <laughs> like nowhere. That's close. one of the weird things about baseball. Yeah. Even on an E one, that's an unearned run. Yeah, so it's a it's a that's really hard. Throw. Okay, I, but from the outfield though, I th- I threw people out like if they tried to tag up. Yeah, and I wasn't like honestly like if it was like a high fly ball hit deep or like shallow, I could judge that. The line drives though. Yeah, those are t- those uh, are tough. Yeah, I didn't have a shot. Mm-hmm. Zach, it was the pop, huh? I had no juice. Why is that the case? He has juice now, which is crazy. Yeah, uh, you're not a small guy. You were. A small I, I was. Guy. You I were was, smaller then. Yeah, we'll I, went, I went into college at like 165. Um, but honestly, like when I look back at my swing, my look, like I don't know, just from what no it is load. now, like my load, just I didn't really get my hands into that good position. I didn't. Again, I was, just hit, I was really hit, worried about contact. I was, yeah, I was hitting for contact. I was trying to spray line drives into the gaps mm-hmm. and get extra base hits that way. Um, but like in, in batting practice, when I were, would really try to, I mean, I could put them out in batting practice, but I just didn't, that just wasn't my style of play was to try right. to hit home runs and put those type of swings on balls. Um, but obviously that would have helped a little bit. <laughs> to try to get me to play yeah. at the next level. But uh, yeah, there was other factors like my, my attitude <laughs> held me back. Luckily that's not one of the five tools. Yeah. yeah it's not. For me, it's definitely running. I just, I just wasn't, I was always a good player in pretty much every sport, but I just wasn't a supremely gifted athlete. And you guys have both coached my boy. You've seen him run. It's not a pretty sight. Uh, Conrad's a good ball player. He cannot run. And I was not that different when I was his age. I eventually became at least a mediocre runner. I did steal a a decent amount of bases in high school and afterward, but just didn't really have the wheels. And I had one really, really bad story. So it's Florida State camp, Mike Martin camp, summer before my senior year. I had a great season in American Legion ball, trying to get noticed. You know, this is my school. Been a fan since, you know, I was eight years old. And... We're running the 60, of course. First thing you do when you go to this camp, you got to run the 60-yard dash. And the, the best thing that can happen is you get matched up with a kid of similar speed. So you can, you know, compete. Yeah. And you know, just naturally push yourself to try to, to, to beat this kid. And just and this is a huge camp. I got placed next to some guy who was just a burner. And I was not a burner. And 
three, two, one, go. And I slipped out of the chute mm. and he was a vapor trailer. He ran like a six, eight or something. And again, I slipped coming out. You only had one chance at it. And they don't tell you what your time is. They tell you your time the next day when you're taking live BP on the field in front of all the scouts and all the coaches. So you dig into the batter's box, they announce your name, they announce where you're from, and they announce your 60 time right before they start throwing BP. And they say, John Christ, Fletcher High School, Neptune Beach, Florida, eight flat. (laughs) I will say the Needless to say, the scouts paid a little less attention. (laughs) What was my time, coach? I don't know, kid, I don't have a sundial. (laughs) Yeah, the 60, God, that is my least favorite thing I've I was ever typically done like a 7-2-7-3 but I got announced God, 8 flat at Florida State so camp much. it was like, awful like I can run the bases I can steal bases but sure. I could not run a 60 I nope. honestly I will say this like at least when I was coming up I had a lot of friends that like were like you know high division 1 prospects and we went to like these perfect game like showcases and stuff they were like oh it, this doesn't matter like they were like just don't blow a hamstring I'll just jog it like that I said, was I never ne- the I case never, in any of the camps I, ne- I went to. I never took the 60 serious. I never took the fielding serious, like in these things. We always had to run 60s on our pro days and in, in college too. And I'm like, can I like skip this? Like, I, I hated running 60s. Like, I wasn't a good runner. I, I was able to get good jumps. I stole some bags, but I was definitely not a good. I mean, runner that's either. what I say. Like, I stole bags off the pitcher, not yeah. because yeah. of pure speed. No, but. yeah. I knew how to get a lead. I knew how to read a pitcher. I knew how to I knew how to swim move and I knew how to slide correctly. That, that helped oh, me. Oh sure. That helped me. I, was like, I could read balls in the outfield too to like like run the bases. Oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. Being a yeah. smart base yeah. runner. Like you a, recognize a guy misses a cutoff man and you you take second base. Like, running the sixty did did not translate at all oh, for no, what, it I was like doesn't. so like what's the point? I don't I, right. I played with a guy that ran a six one. Yeah. He couldn't steal bases at all. I'd Fastest kid on our team yeah. couldn't steal either. Just got picked off or he got thrown out every time. Mm-hmm. Terrible oh. jumps. I had a guy similar like that, but he just couldn't get on base. That was also... Yeah. <laughs> that was also... Can't steal first. He was on my East Cobb team as a pinch runner. Yeah. <laughs> Question number three. Uh, fall will be here soon. Kids are going to start playing other sports, whether it's football or basketball or soccer or a handful of others. But what do you think is the best sport besides baseball for a baseball player to play? Football. Football. Elaborate. They need to be tougher. Football definitely. <laughs> football. Okay. Football definitely builds toughness. That's for okay. sure. You can. You can. You weed. don't have to aim this directly you, at our team from this can, past year. But I can, hear you. You can weed out the weak real quick in football. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Baseball and basketball, you can hang around for a little bit. Football is pretty much right there. Very true. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think I was going to say either basketball or soccer. Definitely not soccer for I mean, me. I disagree on soccer. Basketball, basketball is fine too. I mean, they're basketball. You get everything. Hands, There's a lot of content. I mean, I think coordination, con- but I just know so many guys that played football. Soccer baseball. was really good for like my agility and and um, and footwork when I was a kid. I mean, I it's just like especially if you're growing up, like the I forgot what team drafted me in the first round. Colin Houck. He is an exceptional quarterback. He's committed to Mississippi State for both. Football is definitely the primary sport for him. Mm-hmm. And because you had to draw him away from football, you have to give him $2 million. Right. So it's like, it's good to have yeah. that. You got to buy him out of that fallback. Yeah. It's like, if you don't take him, he's going to go oh, yeah. be a starter in the SEC as a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Football is definitely the sport to like fall back on or yeah, whatever. I mean, I think football just builds toughness. The work ethic in football is super True. different than mm-hmm. others. Like you can just be lazy in other sports though. In high succeed. school football, yeah. two a days. Yeah. It's yeah. tough. That's a thing. It's tough. Yeah, that's that's true. a thing. I think that's it just good, build, good point. builds toughness, a different work ethic. Very. Yeah. All the guys that I played that played football as well. Like they worked so hard mm-hmm. all the time. Very good points. Yeah. I actually had basketball as my answer. I mean, I, I played more football than basketball, but basketball is my answer just for trying to, if you're trying to engineer a baseball player, I just think that you got to run your tail off so you'll be in shape. Yeah. There's a lot of hand-eye coordination. There's a lot of change of direction, quick twitch type stuff, you know, going up for a rebound or diving for a loose ball. Just the, the energy expend is not that much different from a third baseman, like reacting to a hot shot or stuff like that. Yeah. So I think that, just the movements of the game would be beneficial to a baseball player. But I, I trust me, I, I get the football answer for, you know, reasons athletically and otherwise. I know so many basketball players that are so lazy though. Yeah. I feel like we are seeing a, a lot of high school athletes going to college to play 
football and baseball. I think there's a lot more just from what I've seen. I mean, there's a kid I worked out with who's like the number like hundredth football player in the country and like the number 12 baseball player. And he left his senior year to enroll early at Bama. There you go. Play football. Alabama's pretty good. I hate, I hate that you have to pick nowadays. It's crazy. It is. Yeah, it is crazy that you can't really do both, but well, you need, if you're Kyler Murray, you can rip off two teams in two sports. That's nice. true. Yeah. yeah. That's good work. I, if you can get it smart, man, Boris, yeah. Boris. Business. how much money did he get from the A's to not play baseball? 5.7 million. He oh had, to, he had to, he had to give it back though. He did not all yeah. of it. He, I think he he kept what he spent. Yeah, I mean there had to be some provisions in that contract. But if he he had, it's nice because he has the option. If he wants to go play, he can go play. What for was the it? They, right. they had to pay him to not play football. No, so the deal was he either had to get this amount of money or he was allowed to go back for his junior year mm-hmm. and play football. And the That's A's right. being the A's are like, we're not giving you that because you hit 270 in the Big 12. Well, in the A's defense, he was sort of a one-year wonder collegially as a quarterback. I mean, and as a baseball player. Yeah, I don't think there was that much risk. And all of a sudden, he just he, oh, yeah. he went Heisman bananas winner. win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. I don't think in their wildest dreams. No, they they def- the uh, there, was, there was a chance that he might not have been the starter right yeah. away. I mean, he was a legendary high school quarterback in Texas, one of the best who ever played. Where did he, but go, where did he go first, Tech? He went to A&M. A&M, that's He right. went to A&M yeah. first, and he played a little as a freshman. And yeah. he, looked, he looked awful. Yeah. And, then he sw- and then he moved over to Oklahoma, and the rest is history. Yeah. But, yeah, good work if you can get it. Seven-figure signing bonuses from two different organizations. Yeah, he's rich. Yeah. All right, what do we have for the Zach attack this week? Um, I realized this Sunday that I could not have been a pitcher anywhere after high school. Um, elaborate. Zach attack slash Dolly's report. Yeah. Zach Schreitenthal. Uh, I, I hate giving up hits and yeah, that's tough. giving up runs. Yeah. I mean – that yeah, I was so mad on Sunday that these guys were getting hits off me, and like, and it's like one thing. It's like, most were you of, mad well, you were giving up hits, or you were giving up hits to those guys? Both. Um, <laughs> it's no, mainly no, those guys. No, right. no disrespect, but right. yes. Uh, after, I mean, with how hard I feel like I do throw, and the kind of movement that I can put on these these pitches, it's like. I would say 80% are flares, yeah. bloops, mm-hmm. just end of the bat jam shots um, that just find a, find a hole. But then it's like when those guys get on, then this one guy gets late on a fastball and hits a ball that one hops the wall. And I'm just like, well, what am I doing? <laughs> Why is this happening? And I'm and, back there catching. Yeah. I still find that fascinating. And, uh, but no, but I, I, but I have fun, but I realize like, if this was my job and I just got absolutely shelled, yeah, and I got shelled, I, so what, I, I would not be able to handle that. What was your line that. from Sunday? What was your pitching line on Sunday? Five innings. Five innings, three runs. I'd say two of them were earned. Mm-hmm. Um, probably like five hits, but probably one was hit hard. Yeah, well, there was there was only one hard hit. How many one. walks? How many strikeouts? No walks. Three or four, maybe five strikeouts. Okay. Um, not exactly. And then I went uh, two for four at the plate. John, if I give up a run in this, it will be the last day I ever step on a mound. (laughs) Yeah. It's tough giving up those hits to a guitar tech is what you're saying. Yeah. They had more dudes this time. These were actual. Yeah. A lot of these guys that we just played, they were actual. And and I think that's what kind of took me off guard is because every time we, we've played this team, they they haven't, they didn't touch a single thing I threw. Mm -hmm. And then lead off hitter hits, gets on with a hit. And I'm like, here we go. Here we go. The, the, <laughs> I don't know anybody on this team, um, but yeah, that was uh, that was uh, interesting. And then we we cleared the benches. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, we mentioned that earlier this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was fun. A tenth inning ear hole leads to a bases. I'm sorry, a benches clearing incident in tenth a sandline inning, game. Tenth yeah. inning, tied six to six. Yep. Top of the tenth, Beautiful. and uh, guy gets ear hold, stares our pitcher down. Obviously, words were exchanged. No punches thrown, thankfully. But uh, and MVP of the game goes to the umpire for calling ball game as soon as the yeah, it was huge. the bench is clear because we were all ready to go home. I wanted to go so bad. We were yeah. not. We Cows we would have been there the for two inning. or three more innings. Yeah, God, I would have had to get back behind the plate. I know that for a fact. Extra innings in a rec ball game. No thanks. Yeah, it wasn't worth it. All right, all right. We will have to eschew the uh, 
crying Ryan this week since uh, he's currently in the cage giving a lesson. We can skip ahead to the Redbirds report. Sam, if you want to give us a little bit on the state of the squad right now. Uh, we just made some really good acquisitions recently. Uh, had a couple key pieces that we've been missing that I think we're filling now. So mm-hmm. feeling very confident going into the 10-year year. Um, tryouts next yeah, week. Yeah, tryouts next week. Hopefully we can you know, scrap together a few kids that want to play outfield. I have no idea what to expect at this tryout next week. I don't, I don't know if we're going to have 10 kids show up or 100. Many, I don't know if there's going to be two ball James, players or 20. James said there's about 10, I think, or 6 to 10. 6 to like 10 that. signed up. Signed up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. And do we know anything about these kids? No. 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 Okay. It's not a bad thing. We can do a crying Ryan and talk about how the Braves are just now deciding to lose every game. <laughs> three in a row. What are they since the All-Star break? One and three. Lost two or three to home to my White Sox. Mm-hmm. Did not see that coming. Again, I mean. Gave up 45, this, this, 45 this is, runs last night. This is night. what you need, though. This is what you need. You're right. You, 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 can't, you can't be good all the way up into the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Because then you're not going to win a little swept. You yeah. didn't really think they were going to win 116 games, did you? Yeah, I did, for sure. Still can. <laughs> still can. Still can. But you need a, you need a good little rut. Still still <sighs> have still, a comfortable lead. They need in the, in the another East. starting pitcher. Thank God the trade deadline's coming up. Who you guys? Yeah, you weren't in our conversation uh, last week. Who do you think? Can who, I interest who, you in Lance Lynn? No, I want Giolito. Gio's available. Yeah, did you see who the Astros are trying to get Cease? That's not going to happen. They said that's their dream acquisition. They can the say Astros that all they want. Cease, oh, that would be would so suck. unfair. Cease <laughs> is off the table. Luis Robert is off the table. Everyone else is available. Shohei is on the table. I don't think anyone's off the table for the White Sox because of how much you can get. You can get so much for both of those guys. Mm, and you really Astros, could. The Astros have the prospects. You could probably get a shortstop, too. But I don't understand the point of trading away Dylan Cease, hoping you have two prospects in return that you're hoping turn into Dylan Cease. Well, I mean. He's not an expensive guy. Gia, He's still under team control. Giolito's only two years older. Well, Giolito's in the last year of his deal. He's a pending free agent. Well, I hope the Braves get him, so. That's what we're going with. Take him. What are <laughs> what are the brave shots on Otani? God, I don't know, but I, I want it to be real. No. I want it to be real so bad. Is he going to get? I don't. I don't think they trade him. There's so many starting pitchers that are so nasty on bad teams. Like if we could get Mitch Keller, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's disgusting. If we could get, do you think uh, Steele for the Cubs? Yeah, it would be great. That would be awesome. How about Blake I mean, Snell? I would love to have Blake Snell. I would mm-hmm. love to have Blake Snell. I'd love to have Sonny Gray. You'd love to have uh, Blake Snell in October. I would love to have. But it's, you Darvish? No. Nah. He's got like a 5, 580 I'm good on that. And a lot Maybe of money. Maybe Joe Musgrove. Deal. Yeah. Joe Musgrove would be a good one. Padres. You think Padres are probably selling no, right now? No. Probably. You can't. I, I, I don't, I don't, you can't I don't sell. think you can. It's tough what, PR. I, I don't really don't think you can. Real tough PR. You're in a tough spot if you're the Padres right mm-hmm. now. That's you you sure. have a new owner who is throwing money around and all in. That'd be a tough sell. I'd even take Kyle Hendricks. He's shoving. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the last year of his deal. Yeah. I think. Then, Can I interest you in? No. Nobody from the Royals. No. <laughs> Daniel Lynch. Josiah, Josiah. He's John's best pitcher. I know. Yeah, he is. Josiah Gray for the Nationals. Dude, yeah, he's that would be another yeah. really good one. That's yeah. a good arm. Um, it sucks that everybody in the NL East is doing well right now, except for the Nationals. Mm-hmm. The Mets. They're like all in, in the Mets. Yeah. Well, boy, if we could get Scherzer. Boy. That, that would not shock me, actually. Yeah, but... It, they like showed his list of teams and it's all Astros, Rangers, and I'm like, come on. Sure, to the Astros would be just that would suck. How about Jordan at, Montgomery? I Cardinals. He, he's not doing awful. He's not doing great though. I just I want somebody that is. Gonna, How about Miles Michaelis? I would take Miles Michaelis. I want somebody that'll go out there and give you six innings. He'll and compete. The worst they're going to do is give up three runs. Yeah, he'll yeah. compete. That's what. That's I all you need. That's what he does. Miles, like, Mike, he's we, like definition we of went quality to the game, start. He gave up three runs in the first inning. Gave up like five hits. That's all he gave up through yeah, six. That's, it's like, yeah, that's crazy. Like he just knows how to pitch. That's what. That's what we need. That right there. You need a guy that you can rely on to replace who. Who, who, uh, all, who's your, who's your weak uh, link? Uh, we, don't, we don't have a fifth starter. Uh, Kyle oh, Wright just, is oh. gone, and Max, Max Freed. Freed we who don't knows know what he's going to do when he comes oh. back. But I'm saying, like, we're so every fifth day we're running out a Soroka, Colby Allard, gotcha. or like Dylan Lee. Okay, like, re, like we'll throw bullpen guys for three innings. And who's yeah. to say that Elder doesn't turn into a pumpkin? He's really, in September <laughs> really been bummed. So, me <laughs> so who are you giving up for for one of these guys? Von Grissom. 
a lot, short shortstop yeah. that has the yips. A yeah. lot of organizations a would lot like him. Of, a lot of power in the bat. Would yeah. the White Sox take Von Grisham? Um, Put him at second base. Hard to say. I mean, they have a couple of shortstops I mean, in that, the hopper. That, that's just but the one place I know needs a shortstop. He's got the hitting. He's not a good shortstop. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. Not compared to Arcia. So you think he's worth one of these big, big yeah. arms? You can't deny a guy that can bat 300, potential but 335. Someone like Giolito is in the last year of yeah. his contract. He's going to walk and you get a compensatory pick. Yeah. I'll take a shot with Von I Grissom, would, sure. And I would also yeah. take Giolito for that Yeah, as well. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. That will do it for the Clueless Joe podcast powered by Rawlings. Thank you to Zach Streitenthal. Go Rawlings and... <laughs> Yankees. They're so awful. <laughs> Both in last place. I know. Yes. It's bad, man. Currently in the cage, Ryan Gaynor. Currently sitting here, Sam Bragg. Love you guys. Thank you to our sponsors, Tanner Tees and Pro9 Sports. Thank you to our music man, Philip Creamer. And thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on social media across all platforms at DBAT Nashville. I feel the second hand.